Hey everyone, we hope you've been doing well. We know it's been a while since we put out an episode and we want to explain why that is. For the most part, entertainment is a great way to escape reality. Being entertained is just a good way to forget about the problems going on in your life or in the world, whether it's through movies or books or a podcast like ours. This is not a serious podcast where we set out to solve problems. This is a podcast where we talk about fast food and movies in hopes of providing a fun distraction for ourselves and for our listeners. There's a time and a place for escapism, but right now in America, in the aftermath of the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others, it is not really the time to be distracted or to look away. Now is the time to face the reality of systematic racism, no matter how uncomfortable it makes you feel. It's time to pay attention. It's time to listen to black voices. It's time to help in any way we can. And if you're looking for ways that you can help too, in our show notes, we've linked to a number of organizations that we've been donating to. These are all causes that we believe are worthy of supporting in the fight against racial injustice. This isn't just about a moment. It's about a movement to ensure lasting change. Because the system we live in, this system that disenfranchises people of color, it was designed to be this way over the course of hundreds of years. And a system that was designed intentionally must be changed intentionally. And that means we cannot stay silent on the sidelines. Because black lives matter. And we can't stop until our society reflects that. Please be safe. Thank you so much for listening. And enjoy the show. We go and grab a quick bite. We watch a movie, then fight. We're the Fast Food Film Friends. You're listening to Fast Food Film Friends, a show about two guys who have not left their rooms for months on end until about five minutes ago when we stepped outside to record this podcast on my front porch. We are coming at you from the great outdoors. That's right. We've got birds chirping, dogs walking by that are taking up 100% of my attention with their cute little waddly butts. This week, we're coming at you with another round of Quarantine Quickies, which is where we review all things new as quickly as we can do, like shows, movies, purchases, experiences, food, or really anything at all that's been keeping us busy during these weird, weird times. At the end of this episode, we actually have a little surprise in store. We're going to be eating some fast food together on air for the first time in a long while. Woo-wee! Uh, we won't say what it is yet, but I'm very excited about it, so stay tuned for that. I, uh, Nathan, I can't wait. You know, we're outside, we're staying socially distanced. There's, got... a, there's a car honking, trying to get you to there's, stop I'm, talking. I'm sorry, car, I'm going to keep trucking through this. Uh, you know, you've got a great scenic backyard here, uh, where we can really spread out. The virus isn't going to get us. No traffic. <laughs> no traffic or anything like that, so there shouldn't be many distractions for our listeners, which is nice, and we should be able to stay coronavirus-free. So yeah, the really, open, the open air does help a lot. Uh, we're, my front yard is a DSW parking <laughs> lot. There, just to it's, be clear, we're recording this on a Sunday evening, yeah. 7.30 p.m. Would have thought these stores are closed, there's no through traffic. Yeah. Uh, turns out Sunday evening is walking night. Oof. And, and there apparently are, driving slowly through the DSW parking lot yes. night as well. Yeah, there's a lot of people who just drive by DSW, mm-hmm. disappointed that they're closed. Yeah. Looking for a deal, That's right. know, in the window, looking for something cheap and quick, like these quickies That's right. we have tonight. And before we dive into these quickies, I have a proposition for you, Kevin. I am uh, I'm pretty intrigued. You know, we did a lot of groundwork for this podcast, and this proposition wasn't brought up at all. So uh, you and I were very sad that this year we could not do a summer movie wager. Yes. Because theaters are closed. There's no box office dollars being made. Correct. Theaters are supposedly opening next month but even then i don't think we're going to see 10 new releases this year in order no. to do any kind of guessing game about 
which movies make the most money. Mm -hmm. So I've been thinking, you know, what's some kind of movie-related game we can play to kind of emulate that joy, the summer movie wager, Mm -hmm. that doesn't involve box office money? And I think I've got it. Okay. How would you like to wager on the release date of Christopher Nolan's Tenet? As you were, okay, so as you were proposing this whole thing to me, that's what just popped into my head. And I was like, (laughs) if we bet on who's closest to when that actually comes out, yes, sign me up. I'm 100% in. So it was originally scheduled to come out July 17th. Mm-hmm. It got pushed to July 31st. Yep. And then like a week later, it got pushed to August 12th. Yeah. They just keep going two weeks at a time. Yeah. Uh, Smart. This is basically the movie that is expected to single-handedly reopen theaters. Because even when their doors open, no one's rushing out to see like no. replays of old classics that they can watch at home. No. Tenet is the big one that's going to actually bring people out, risking their health Correct. to see the movie. So I, I think it's worth clarifying the date that we're going to guess. This would be the date it's available to watch in any form. So like if it comes to the point where it's available on video on demand first, or yeah. if it's rolled out in certain areas, whatever that first date if it's, is. If it's drive-ins only. It's possible. Yeah. Whatever that first date is that people in the public in America can yeah. watch Tenet, that's the date that we're aiming for. Okay. Now, should we call up our fellow competitors and have them enter I, I think we should, because <laughs> I'd just like to get audio clips of them explaining their reasoning. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's make it a whole team thing and uh, and see what they have to say. All right. I'm going to call up Troy. Okay. Get him on speaker. Hi, Troy. You're on the air with the Fast Food Film Friends. Uh, Quick question for you, sir. Yes. You were previously involved in something called the Summer Movie Wager. Uh, Would you like to be involved in a wager in which we decide, try and guess would be a better better way to phrase it, the actual release date of Christopher Nolan's Tenant? The the original release date of it? Or the the one that was just... When it will actually be released. We are trying to guess when whoever is closest to the date it is actually released will win. You know what? I bet. I will bet you the actual date will probably be Christmas Day. Wow! Christmas Day. Christmas Day. That's an interesting bet. All I right. like that. I do too. A Christmas present for the world. Thank you very much, Troy. Well, well, well my reasoning is because everything he's getting pushed back, and he's very, like you said, particular about IMAX screens, and it wants to make the most money. And Christmas Day is when they always put most of the expensive films out because everybody's out of school or not working, so that would be able to get the most people into the seats to see the movie. Overlooking Thanksgiving, I think, but uh, fair. All right, Troy, you're well, locked in for Christmas Day. Little, that's touchy because the pandemic could be bad starting in October into November. So, but December it should clear up. All right, yeah, Troy, yeah. you thanks thanks for calling. We will uh, lock <laughs> in for Christmas Day. Sounds good. All right, bye. Okay, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. I think it's gonna be released on September 17th. All right, September 17th. We've got you down. Thank you so much for calling. <laughs> Thanks for calling me. I'm going to guess uh, Friday, September 4th. That uh, was going to be my guess. So that was screw actually you. going to be my guess as well, Bill. Uh, all right, Bill. Well, you have probably the best pick so far. Troy picked Christmas Day, and Taylor picked September 17th, I believe. So uh, well done. And I chose uh, the Friday before Labor Day. Yeah. Because that's a big uh, That was big my logic, too. Yeah, that was both of our logics, you piece of trash. This is why we should have picked first before calling these other contestants. <laughs> well, Bill, you're locked in for September 4th uh, in this summer movie wager. I hope you lose, and I get to make you watch a terrible movie. Hey, thanks for having me. This anytime, anytime. Bye, Bill. Bye. 
So you and I were both thinking Labor Day weekend probably be a good time to roll out a big yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that now the competition's like weighted against us because we have to <sighs> pick something else. Got to reevaluate everything. W- what are you? What are you leaning? You know, Labor Day seemed good because I feel like if it goes past Labor Day, they are going to just go on demand and release it earlier. I would agree. Uh, so it makes me nervous. Do you want to choose your date first? So I have another reference point before I choose mine. Um, I'm actually, I'm just going to go a full week before mm-hmm. August 28th. Okay. So that'd be basically it taking another two week delay uh, from its current release date. Yeah. I'm going to lock in September 11th. Ah, oh, shit. I didn't really, <laughs> just looking at the calendar didn't mean the anniversary of anything, but uh, that's my date. It's uh, September 10th. I'm going to go September 10th. All right. 9-10. Got you down. 9-10. We're going to check back in with everybody in an indeterminate amount of time, <laughs> whenever Tenet comes out. It's about time we jump into those quarantine quickies. What do you say, Kevin? I think it's probably time. We haven't been moving too quickly yet, so I think, uh, yeah, let's let's hop into it. I, you'd be so proud of me, Nathan. I spent the day today doing prep work. I have notes. I have thoroughly put together thoughts. I'm not just winging it. I this just, is what happens when life forces us to isolate. That's right. Is that, you know, you, you do your job. Yeah, it's amazing. Why don't you start us off? I will, Nathan. I kind of, you know, after your approach last time where I did individual items for my quarantine quickies and you basically said, here's a a medium that I enjoyed and here's 30 things in that medium that I enjoyed. I don't know what you're talking about. I took that same route, so buckle up because I've got some news. My first is music that I've been listening to, Nathan. Just general music. I'm going to go through some of my favorite albums and artists. Starting with the 17th century. Now, I just wanted to, you know, outline some musical treats that have been getting me through some of the grayer days in this in this quarantine. First are two albums that are absolutely perfect for background tunes while you're puzzling, cleaning, pondering existential dread in your house. Whatever you're doing, they're just good things to have on in the background. The first is a 2018 album called Pop Therapy by Video Age. I listened to this on loop while finishing a nearly impossible puzzle, which was a nightmare. And I absolutely love this album. I listened to it probably 20 times while, while doing that puzzle. It's all about 80s synth love for days. It's kind of hypnotic. doesn't require too much bandwidth in terms of your attention. And just, you know, it's a good one to toss it on and just kind of bop around your house dancing. Similar is my next album. A 2019 album called PDA by Manatee Commune. Uh, this is my go-to morning album. Kind of a crossword doing album, getting your coffee ready. Kind of dreamy, but still gets down. It's very lighthearted. Uh, not a lot of lyrics. A little robotic, but it's very good. And then two musicians I've recently fallen in love with, Orla Gartland and OK Kaya. Orla Gartland, I spent basically a whole day listening to her music after I stumbled across her. Phenomenal lyricist, super relatable lyrics. The beats just get you bumping in a way that uh, other songs don't. And her slow songs really put you into kind of a reflective state, which is nice, too. And OK Kaya, who I had never heard of before, I was watching a South by Southwest kind of Black Mirror-esque short film called Vert, and this song came on, and I was like, holy shit, what is this song? Uh, Fell absolutely in love with the song. It's called Habitual Love by OK Kaya. Started looking into her more, and her music was described as frank, melancholy, and my favorite term was bedroom pop, although her Twitter bio simply reads smut pop, which I was a big fan of when I discovered that too. I dove into her 2018 album both, and it is a super honest album that's pretty raw and very slow, but her voice is just delicious, and the songs are so relatable. It won't be for everybody. It's very slow, but I found it to be a great laying in bed pondering life's existential questions and just dread during quarantine album 
That's my music one. That's one quarantine quickie, Nathan. I think we're going to get into some legal trouble for calling this quarantine quickies. We might. It's such false advertising. People are, you know, hungry. Hungry for substance like this, though. Speaking of hunger. Mmm. For the first time since I was in elementary school, I ate a fluffer nutter sandwich. Now, for those of you who attended a school district with faculty who cared about your health, a fluffer nutter sandwich is like a PB&J, but instead of jelly, it has marshmallow fluff. Oh, shit. And you might be thinking, sounds pretty unhealthy, but I'm sure kids would enjoy a treat like that on special occasions. At my school, these were not a snack, or a side, or a dessert. These were served to us as lunch entrees. Are you serious? This was in the pre-Michelle Obama times. I do not think that she would approve. Wow. A couple weeks ago, we happened to have some fluff in the cupboard. I thought to myself... Could I ask what you have the fluff in the cupboard for? What are you normally using marshmallow fluff for? I can't disclose that. Okay, that's fair. I found fluff and I thought to myself, why not? Mm. So I made a fluff or another sandwich. You know what? It was just as tasty as I remember. I would totally recommend this sandwich. But I do think next time... I'm going to add some Nutella as well. I was just going to say Nutella and fluff would be so good, but peanut butter sounds pretty delightful too. What kind of bread did you put this on? Just a white bread? Uh, it was just on some wheat. I'm sure there's Did you toast options. it? Because I feel like a toasted one of those would be almost s'more-like. That's not a bad idea. There's always next time. There always is. It's been two constants getting me through quarantine. I call them my two C's, Nathan. And they are community and crosswords. I absolutely love the show Community. I loved it. I've watched it since it was coming out. I watched it on Thursday nights. I followed it to Yahoo when it was only on there. It was a nightmare, but I followed that show. And now that it's on Netflix, I have just finished my entire six-season rewatch of the show. And granted, the sixth season is a bit off. It's still one of the best shows ever. Now, my second C is Crosswords, Nathan. And you know we we race on the New York Times mini crossword almost daily. Yes, you do. Uh, I would say that I win most of the time, but regardless. That's how I kind of discovered that I really enjoyed Crosswords. I think you might have recommended it to me, or somebody did. We both started doing it, and I learned that I loved them. And now, every single day I do the New York Times crossword puzzle. I'm on like a 50-day streak of doing these. I go on sidsgrids.com. It's another great crossword puzzle site. I absolutely love them. I love the wordplay. I love the clues. I love thinking of how to connect these weird things that just don't really make sense. And then you finally something clicks and it just, oh, it, it feels like I'm using every synapse of my brain. And I fucking love them. And I can't recommend them enough to uh, people who want to explore that stuff. So go do some crosswords and you'll find a new hobby that's easy just peaceful. I feel like I'm in, in control of the only aspect of my life that I can control. If you're not on a strong community and crosswords regimen, I would really recommend it. This period in my life has really taught me why crosswords and Sudoku, those kinds of games in particular, are so enticing for adults with frantic, anxiety-ridden lives. Yeah. is because there's something about a game where there is... A finite amount of boxes yes. and answers, yeah. and then you get to fill them completely, oh. and then the game says, good job, yeah. you finish, you and that's the, the end for that day. And it just, it, it brings you a feeling that order. nothing else in life gives you. No, it's order. It's just, things are in its, their rightful place, and <laughs> I want to be doing them all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be talking to someone, and I'll just think, you're not a crossword puzzle, what, what am I even doing here? Why am I here? I watched Middleditch and Schwartz. Oh, 
which is a series of completely improvised long-form comedy specials available on Netflix featuring mm-hmm. Ben Schwartz, who you may know as John Ralphio from Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. and Thomas Middleditch, who plays Richard Hendricks on Silicon Valley, and he's also the Verizon guy, so if anything, you'll recognize him from that. Yeah. Each of these three specials is a standalone, one-of-a-kind live performance in which these two guys perform an hour-long sketch routine that's prompted by one short conversation they have with a random audience member at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show. So they start with a pretty simple scenario, just like any improv sketch, but as it goes along, it builds into a sprawling story featuring tons of characters, all of which are played by these two guys, and the only props they have are two chairs. <laughs> I love going to live improv shows. I yes. love the energy. I love the feeling of watching something special that only exists in that moment. Mm-hmm. For me, the few times that I've watched some sort of recording of an improv show, it is just not the same at all, and it does not work for me. Because the magic of improv is being in the moment, right in front of the performers, and it's yep. just this exciting collective experience where no one knows what's about to come next. So, as much as I love Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz, I was still pretty skeptical about how effective their live show would translate into this format. But what they do on stage, the amount of talent and years and years of practice that it takes to be at a skill level that allows them to mm-hmm. pull off shows like this, it is the comedy equivalent of watching a top-notch athletic performance. Yes. It is a level of finesse so rare that I've literally never seen anything like it before. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a reason that 99% of improv sketches last five minutes. <laughs> there's also a reason that improv usually involves a host who decides when to cut off a sketch and move on to the next one. That's because it's hard enough for the performers just to be funny in the moment for a few minutes. Yes. But Middleditch and Schwartz are improvising in the moment for 40 minutes straight and simultaneously crafting an overarching narrative in their heads as it goes with a plot and an ending and callback jokes. And if the story starts to go down a path that seems tricky or unfunny, there's no host to hit a buzzer and move things onto a new sketch. Whatever situation they get themselves into, they have to get themselves out of. And there's no running out the clock, because the show doesn't just end when the time runs out, it ends when it feels complete. Compared to this, all the improv shows I've seen before now feel like Rec League, and this yeah. is pro sports. And I can only assume Middle Edition Schwartz are paid like pro athletes as well. Uh, I know they're not. Uh, I saw these guys live in Milwaukee, and it was the best live experience of any concert any comedy show any live show i've ever been to it was the peak i have not laughed that hard ever in my life for 40 minutes straight my stomach hurt leaving the theater it was phenomenal i was so excited for these to get on netflix it's one of my quarantine quickies as well which i'm still going to touch on because it's paired with another improv oriented item because i've basically (laughs) stacked up all of my quarantine quickies uh but i this is my number one thing i want to recommend to people who enjoy comedy Watch this on Netflix. It is unlike anything you've ever seen, and it is so just absolutely hilarious throughout the entire time. Every single, all three of the episodes, uh, just pure gold. And I can't wait until this virus is gone and they can tour the country, record more of these, and share more with the world. I have never in my life wanted more to be like a Grateful Dead yes. tour follower. Oh my god. Like if you and I take oh two weeks god. vacation and yes. just follow them. Absolutely. To every show. I have nothing going on anymore. <laughs> I I will clear my schedule 100%. I drove to Milwaukee to see them. And the entire ride back, I was just laughing to myself in my car like a maniac <laughs> for an hour and a half just thinking of the shit that I'd just seen. It's so hilarious. Nathan, there's a lot of $20 movies coming out on demand, you know, that would have been released in theaters, but now you just got to pay 20 bucks to watch them on your shitty TV at home. Mm-hmm. I've done this for two movies 
and I just want to share that I think these two movies are thoroughly worth their higher price per view. The first one uh, is an independent film called Lucky Grandma. You can watch it on the Alamo Drafthouse website, and a couple other independent theaters have it on their website, too. This movie kind of came out of nowhere, but I kept reading these great reviews of the movie. It's about a grandma who finds out, she kind of gets her fortune told that she's going to have a really lucky day, and bets big on it. I won't spoil it anymore, but this movie is dark comedy gold. It is, it's suspenseful, the characters are perfectly cast, the soundtrack and score are a blast, and it is just an immersive wild ride that's tons of fun. I would highly recommend checking out Lucky Grandma. Go support indie films and Alamo Drafthouse. Uh, it's a great organization, but oh my god, it's one of my top movies of this year for sure. The other movie that technically you paid for, Nathan, but I kind of hitched, we share an Amazon account, uh, was a film that I would comfortably say is my favorite film of the year so far called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I don't have much written about this because I assumed it would be one of your quarantine quickies too and just thought we should just chat about it in general. Uh, but I can still get tell you my thoughts on it. It was such an emotional movie. For, I think for anybody who watches this, you're going to be tense. You're going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be... It's just kind of a brutal look at the world we live in, and it's so realistic. The two actors are, or two actresses are just astounding. Their chemistry is amazing. It's unlike any other movie I've ever seen. I can't even describe it, but this movie is just so powerful is all I can say about it. I can't recommend it enough. I don't think it's that expensive. I don't know. You bought it, but this movie blew me away, and it's nobody famous in it that you know about. It's not a flashy movie by any means. It's a very simple movie. But, oh my god, it just packs such a punch, and it is... You feel every emotion throughout the course of this movie, I feel like. I got two things to say about Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. First of all, to my knowledge, this was not at any point one of these $20 rental movies. Mm -hmm. I think that it was actually available on demand a few months ago. I paid probably 5 or $6 for it now. It's available to rent for a pretty affordable yeah. price. Yeah. Second of all, it is not going to be one of my quarantine quickies, but wow. that's because... It is absolutely guaranteed to be on my end-of-the-year best-of yep. list, yep. and I would love to dive into it then. I figure, why have that conversation twice? Yeah. Because December will be here for long, That's and there won't true. be that many movies to choose from. This is currently by far my number one. I mean, if Troy has his way, Tenet will just be popping out right around then anyways. <laughs> so, uh, no, far and away, my, my top movie of the year. Um, Lucky Grandma, probably my number two. So uh, go watch both of those movies right now, everyone listening. Everyone. I tried tiramisu flavored Oreos, <laughs> and as soon as I opened the package, I took one whiff, and you know what it reminded me of? Bath and Body Works at Christmas time. Oh, I hate that. That's the most repulsive description you've ever given a See, food. I know that you are a candle lover. I am. I am a candle as well. lover. Yeah. So maybe you'll relate to this, maybe not. But I love walking down that candle aisle and sticking my nose in every single candle <laughs> that I find. And sometimes I find one of those real nice, sweet-smelling ones, like vanilla, yeah. cinnamon, gingerbread, just like sure. vaguely holiday-scented. Mm -hmm. And for a moment, there's this carnal part of me, deep in my id, that just wants to take a bite <laughs> out of that candle. Yeah. Logically, I know it'll taste like wax. Yeah. But that scent is just so delicious, and I want to eat it. Mm -hmm. Tiramisu Oreos taste how I want Christmas candles to taste. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain them, but they fill a very specific void in my life, and I love them. I imagine your cupboards are just full of all of these novelty Oreos and Chips Ahoy, Sour Patch Kids Chips Ahoy, <laughs> Marshmallow Fluff, and like bags of Sour Patch Kids, and nothing but candies. 
And I don't know what else you're eating, but uh, I probably will have to try those now. I tried the Sour Patch Kid Chips Ahoy, and they were not that great. Tiramisu Oreos, I can see those working better. But your description, I don't know if it makes me want to try I them. would take a step inside no. and grab one for you, but I ate them all. I believe it. I believe it. My fourth quarantine quickie was going to be a, a combination. It's my improv quickie, uh, improv-oriented quickie, and I, I guess I'll just wing it because you already took Middle Ditch and Schwartz <laughs> off, off my plate here. Uh, I was going to recommend Middle Ditch and Schwartz, but we've already done that. However, I've discovered an absolute new love. I would almost call it a passion. I am a diehard fan. I discovered this. It's a podcast, and I know I probably shouldn't be recommending podcasts to people who are probably going to listen to this podcast more than our own podcast. It's fine. They'll pay us. They might. It's a podcast that was recommended to me. I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. It's called Hello from the Magic Tavern. It is about a man who falls into a some sort of time rift, space rift behind a Burger King in Chicago, ends up in a mystical land of Foon, and he's falls into this rift uh, with his podcasting equipment. He's still getting a Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King. So he's doing a weekly podcast in Foon with these mythical creatures and beasts. And his co-hosts are a wizard called Usador and a shape-shifting badger called Chunt. And I've gotten through about 50 episodes of this show in a scary short amount of time. It is the only thing I want to do. Like, I will sit down and be like, what show should I watch? And then I will put on this while I'm trying to decide what show to watch, and I will end up listening to episode after episode. It is one of the most... It's like Middleditch and Schwartz. The improv is amazing. They're in a whole other world where these guys try to incorporate... They know nothing about Earth, the people who are there, and this guy's like, I don't really want to talk about Earth stuff. This podcast is so people can learn about Foon stuff, the land of Foon. I highly recommend you check it out. It's a bit crass at points, but it is... One of the most originally hilarious things I've ever listened to or experienced. And it seems like you're watching a show because they do such a good job. And the characters are just insanely ridiculous. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I already bought a t-shirt and I've already bought a mug. And I drank out of my mug last night. I, I want to scream it from the mountaintops. I absolutely love this podcast. I watched Space Force, which is a recent mm. Netflix series starring Steve Carell, John Malkovich, Lisa Kudrow... Fred Willard, rest in peace, mm. Ben Schwartz, Jimmy O. Yang, many more. It's a fictional story about the group of people who were tasked with creating the U.S. Space Force. I love so many of these actors, mm -hmm. and I was just so excited for this show. Here was my experience watching it. It came on a Friday, right? Yep. I saw it was available, and I thought, cannot wait to binge this. Watched one episode and thought, I think I'll do like an episode or two per day. Watched the second episode and thought, I'm okay with just watching one every couple days. Watched the third episode and thought, maybe I'll just really take my time, watch one here and there when I'm in the mood for it. Watched the fourth episode and thought, you know, I think I'll throw this on in the background while I'm doing other things. Watched the fifth episode and called it quits. And the only reason I stuck with it that long is because I just kept thinking, it has to get good at some point, right? <laughs> like between the cast and the production design yeah. and the cinematography, the budget seems off the charts. I would not be surprised if it had the all-time highest ratio of dollars to episodes for a comedy series, but the dollars to laughs ratio is abysmal. Oof. I would be so curious to hear the creators of the show explain what on earth the point of this show is. So after five episodes, I could not even begin to tell you why this got made other than the fact that it's an easily marketable idea. Like All you need is that picture of Steve Carell mm -hmm. with the word Space Force, and it's like, boom, actor I love plus a premise that sounds funny. This can't go wrong. And then it did. It's just 
we've all known for a while there's probably going to be a lot of shows and films inspired by the Trump era. Yeah. Like, in terms of historical fiction, it's the lowest hanging fruit there is. Mm -hmm. But I think the root problem with a show like Space Force is that there is no fictional character or situation or joke you can write that can even begin to compete with the real-life idiocy yeah. of the actual people in charge right now. So in comparison, this show is just toothless and boring. <laughs> I thought it was a complete waste of time, other than the handful of scenes with Fred Willard, who is incapable of not being funny. God, he is so fucking hilarious. I, uh, I gave it about an episode, and it was, uh, yeah... I didn't even finish it, I think. I went right back to Hello from the Magic Tavern and tried to decide what show to watch next, and then just ended up listening to that. Nathan, we eat a lot of fast food on this show, as you're aware. Uh, and a, and it's been a, a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. I'm very excited for tonight. But condiments are an important part of any good fast food item, I would say. It's mm -hmm. very important what you're dipping in, what you're dabbing in, what you're slathering in. What you're dowsing in. The dowsing, as you like to say, that's correct. And I discovered, while... Browsing for my usual Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, that Sweet Baby Ray's has uh, uh, just a whole selection of other delicious sounding sauces, and I thought, that one looks intriguing. And I ordered a bottle of this new condiment that I've never tried before, and it's called Sweet Baby Ray's Sweet Golden Mustard Barbecue Sauce. And if that sounds overly worded, you're absolutely right. But this sauce, it is sweet, it is golden, it is mustard, it is barbecue, and it is sauce. And I love it so much. I put this on everything now. I put it on Sammy's. I put it on burgers. I'm marinating everything in it. I would literally put it on salad. It's so good. It just toes the line of sweet and mustardy and barbecue-y in a way that seems unfathomable by the human mind. But this sauce just hits the weirdest condiment sweet spot that I never knew I needed to hit until it got hit, and it got hit hard. Uh, I would recommend this to everyone. The color of it's gorgeous. The taste of it's even better. And your taste buds and just overall satisfaction with life will thank you for trying Sweet Baby Ray's Sweet Golden Mustard Barbecue Sauce. Kevin, it never ceases to amaze me what soul sibling we are. <laughs> because over the course of quarantine... I have also fallen in love with Sweet Baby Ray's array of sauces. Yes, Nathan. Yes. My personal favorite is the sweet and spicy. Mm. I'm, I make I make a mean Hawaiian ham sandwich sometimes Ooh. on the stovetop for lunch, and that sauce is your, the I, smirk on your face <laughs> right now. The the beaming smile on your face says it all. Says it all. I just cannot. There's. So many of the things that we're talking about, I feel like we could do so much psychoanalysis <laughs> on why these things are hitting hard right now. Yeah. And for me personally, this isn't really something I've reflected on much until now thinking about it. But like, I think there's something about spice, a yep. real good spice, mm. that makes you feel alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's days where I pretty much don't feel alive. Oh, no. And then I throw on some sauce oh, yeah. on my lunch. Yep. And that it wakes up. My my very being. ignites the soul. You know, sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I'll just cover my tongue in sriracha just to really get me through that that three o'clock, four o'clock kind of dozing yeah, hour yeah. at work. But sweet baby rays, maybe we need to have a sweet baby rays sauce off episode or something like that. That would be oh my god, I can't even. <laughs> I fully intended on trying every single sauce. Have you tried the sweet golden mustard barbecue sauce? I'm not. Oh, I can't wait to. You are in for a treat. Just the the golden hue of it. It's the richest gold you can imagine. Like it's not. There's nothing else that color on earth. <laughs> 
I don't know what they're putting into it, but it's just so good. It's the gold standard from what I hear. Oh. I checked out a show on Netflix called Into the Night, which is about a plane full of passengers traveling through the night in an attempt to escape daylight after the sun starts killing everything in its path. The episodes are about 40 minutes long. We started watching it on a Friday night, like 11 o'clock. We thought it sounded cool, so we figured we'll watch one episode before we go to bed. Next thing we knew, it was 2 a.m. We'd watch four in a row. Jeez. The only reason we stopped after four is because I had to get up at seven the next morning. <laughs> this show rules. It is like <laughs> Speed meets Lost meets the first season of The Walking Dead. Jeez. It is just the most watchable show I've seen in a long time. And it's not perfect by any means, but if you're looking for a fun binge that'll grip you from start to finish, check out Into the Night on Netflix, and it might just make you want to stay up into the night to finish oh, it. Oh, wow. You, work, you workshop that one for a few weeks, haven't you? Uh, I know nothing about that show. Uh, I'm very intrigued. I've been looking for one that's going to hook me. I almost started Dark on Netflix. I've heard nothing but great things yeah. about it. Still um, haven't gotten around to it. No, neither have I. You know, who's got time? <laughs> I'm too busy listening to Hello from the Magic Tavern about six hours a day. Nathan, this weekend was my first 100% free weekend in months. I didn't have anything to do, no responsibilities this weekend. I was so excited. It was supposed to be a pretty rainy weekend, so I thought, I'm going to finally just get a, get a video game, and I'm going to sit down and just dive into an immersive video game. I did ample research. I wanted to get the right game. I wanted to figure out, you know, have a few options. So I was scouring the internet, all these game reviews, Reddit getting input from everyone I could uh, on what video games I should just spend 48 hours playing. Uh, the top three were Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, a game where you're a cowboy, uh, essentially, and, and walk around doing cowboy stuff. Um, Outer Worlds, which is kind of a world discovery game, uh, and then Journey to Savage Planet, which is also a kind of a journey discovery game where you're on new planets discovering new animals, but it's kind of got a sarcastic, snarky twinge to it. Uh, these three games all are phenomenally reviewed, sounded amazing. I was so excited. I got my list. I went over to my Xbox, install, install, install. Little did I know these each take about two full days to download and install. <laughs> so I have not played any of them. But let me tell you, if you're looking for three video games to potentially play, I would recommend Red Dead Redemption 2, Outer Worlds, and Journey to Savage Planet. I've done the research. <laughs> I don't have the real-world experience, but I soon will, and I will definitely report back next year after they've both finished downloading. I've been working from home for a while now. Mm -hmm. Typically about two to three times throughout the workday, I'll make my way to the kitchen, have myself just a little snack, or a big snack, and these are rarely foods that are good for my body. Yeah. So lately I've been trying more healthy snack options, including two products that Taylor and I ordered in bulk online. The yeah. first of which are called Wisps, which are these cheese crisps that come in uh, small bags. Each serving is 10 grams of protein, only a couple carbs. They're gluten-free. I really like these. They come in a few varieties. There's tomato basil, Asiago, Tangy Ranch, a few more. They're packed with a surprising amount of flavor. They've got this nice, crunchy texture, too. They're great. Big fan. The other snacks we ordered are called Smart Sweets, which are these low-sugar knockoff versions of candies like Starburst, Peach rings, gummy bears, Swedish fish. Hmm. They come in these cute little bags. After one bite of a gummy bear, I realize I don't think you're supposed to eat these. <laughs> I think you're supposed to trick your enemies into eating them. Mm. Because even though the flavor isn't too bad, 
Chewing on these smart sweets feels like chewing on some kind of rubbery adhesive that's specifically designed to fill the crevices between your teeth for a long time. The only smart thing you can do with smart sweets is not buy them. Maybe they're just to kind of look at. You know that feeling as a kid when you're walking out of a gas station, you got like the two for a buck, gummy worms, gummy bears, combo, peach rings. Uh That feeling's irreplaceable. So maybe that's what they're going for is you go to your cupboard, you grab them, you bring them over to your couch or your desk, you set them down, you get that excitement, that rush going through, dopamine's already dumping, uh, and then you just put them back in your cupboard at the end of the day and repeat. Um, it's kind of like downloading a game and then deleting it. <laughs> almost. I uh, I was very intrigued by that because I would, I've been eating so much candy lately. I've quit drinking uh, for probably like three, four weeks now. And for some reason, my body in place of that is just craving sugary sweets. Uh-huh. And when it's nighttime and I'm like, oh, you know, I had a healthy dinner. I'm not drinking. So, I, you know, saving all those calories from a couple beers or anything like that, I could probably squeeze in a couple pieces of candy. And having a you know seven year old son allows me to have copious amounts of candy uh, in my house, and I've just been going at it. Like one night I had popsicles, sour patch kids, starburst, and skittles in one night. I'd say my go to snack right now though is salt and vinegar chips. I'm going through like three bags a week. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous, and I've justified that in my mind by saying it's hot. I'm sweating. I need the salt back in my body <laughs> to replenish. Nathan, my seventh quarantine quickie is literally just a list of shows people should stream. I'm not even going to go into a lot of detail about any of these. I just, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of shows, and I know you're going to hate that format. But Well, the first one, I am going to go into a little bit of detail. It's a terribly named show that is impossible to describe to people that I have been trying. Me and a close group of my friends all love this show. It's called Patriot. It's on Amazon. That name ruins it because nobody wants to watch a show called patriot they think it's a you know a jack uh, ryan type show something like that it's not at all it's a dark comedy dry hilarious incredibly well written and i can't recommend it enough it's my number one show that i would recommend people pick up during quarantine because it's short there's only three seasons maybe only two seasons actually i think three but it's a phenomenal show outside of that if you're looking for things to watch here are the shows i recommend watching the World According to Jeff Goldblum on Disney+, Plus, which is just an absolute treat. Ozark on Netflix. The Boys on Amazon, which is phenomenal. The Sopranos, one of my favorite shows of all time. Catastrophe on Amazon. Rob Delaney, if you follow him on Twitter, you know he's hilarious, or on any social media. Uh, it's his show he co-wrote with Sharon Horgan, who is also hilarious. Ricky Gervais's Afterlife on Netflix. Fleabag on Amazon. And can somebody watch Maniac on Netflix, the Emma Stone and Jonah Hill show, just so I can know if it's good or bad or worth watching? I've never watched it, but I just never heard anything about that show after it was released. I watched 13th, which is a 2016 documentary on Netflix directed by Ava DuVernay about the prison system in the United States and what it reveals about our nation's history of racial inequality. I know there are people listening to this who are thinking, I get it. America has a lot of problems. I don't need a movie to convince me of that. I can almost guarantee that no matter your political opinions or party affiliation or whatever preconceived ideas you have on this subject matter, this film will challenge you and it will have a real impact on the way you see the world. And it's not that this film is like an hour and a half straight of just revelatory information. It does certainly touch on a lot of stuff that I personally wasn't aware of. But what makes this documentary such an incredible accomplishment is how it takes these events that happen over a very broad range of American history and pieces them together into this linear narrative that you would never fully understand unless you're viewing all these puzzle pieces as one picture. 
Because even if every bit of the information in this film was included in history textbooks, which a lot of it is not, mm -hmm. even if it was, it would be covered in like 20 pages that are scattered throughout a 200-page textbook. But Ava DuVernay boils down this 150-year story of the American prison system into its most important parts, lays out the specific causes and effects of all these moments throughout American history, some of which may not otherwise seem particularly significant until you see how many lives have been forever changed as a direct result of a single piece of legislation or because of one decision that one president made. And I'm sure there are people who aren't that interested in watching a movie that's focused on criticizing their own country, but if you believe in freedom and life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and in due process, the core principles that we are all taught to believe America was founded on, this should matter to you. Because mm -hmm. the problems that this documentary calls attention to are in direct contradiction to those values. I think this documentary should be required viewing for all high school students, but for the rest of us who already went to school, we are responsible for furthering our own education. I urge you all to please watch 13th on Netflix as soon as you can. I've heard nothing but how powerful and just insanely revelatory that, that film is, and I need to watch it ASAP. I'm going to watch it tonight, probably, after we do this. My eighth quarantine quickie is just a list of movies that people should stream. Number one, uh, they're really in no particular order, so I'm just going to really rattle these off. Uh, the Florida Project on Netflix, Willem Dafoe's great. The Barkley Marathons on Amazon uh, is a phenomenal movie about a ridiculous race. Um, Good Time on Netflix. If you liked Uncut Gems, the Safety Brothers' other movie, Good Time, which Nathan pushed me to watch for years, I think. Uh, I finally got around to watching, and it is astoundingly good, equal to Uncut Gems in its pacing and anxiety-inducing... Anxiety-inducibility? I'm going to coin Induction. that term. Induction, there we go. Uh, Booksmart on Hulu, Moon on Netflix, Klaus on Netflix, which is a Christmas movie that a lot of people overlooked, and we could all use a little holiday cheer, I think, during quarantine, and it is such a good movie. Rocket Man on Amazon, uh, Juliet Naked on Hulu and Prime was an absolute treat, an older movie, but still good. I just watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I cannot tell you how much darker and more desperate and almost scary this movie was than I remembered watching it when I was a teenager. Not the romantic comedy that I thought it was. It is... Very powerful movie, great. Midsommar on Prime. You Can Count on Me on Prime. Apocalypto. I'd like to thank Dashiell, uh, who his parents have been providing me with HBO for years. I went ahead and uh, set up HBO Max. Dashiell, your account's already set up, as well as mine, uh, for my Xbox. I needed to make you the, the account holder, obviously. But on HBO Max, you can now watch Ad Astra, which I cannot recommend enough. Uh, this was a movie that me and Nathan both loved last yeah, year. Nice. Um, and it is so good. Also, all of Studio Ghibli's films are on there. Spirited Away, Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, and Princess Mononoke, uh, Mononoke to start, um, as well as all those other Studio Ghibli movies on HBO Max. But those are movies to watch. I'll post a, a picture of my terribly jotted down notes as well, so you can uh, not have to re-listen to that and try and write them all down yourself. Speaking of movies, Ooh. Kevin, I've watched a lot of movies this past few months. But uh, since the weather's been getting nicer, you know, mm. I've been trying to maximize my time in the outdoors yes. on nights and weekends, like yes. we're doing right now, Yes. which leaves less time for movie viewing. But a couple weekends ago, I was stuck inside on a rainy Sunday, so I figured I'd make the most of it, and I didn't set out to break my personal record for most movies watched in a single day, but that's what I ended up doing. Wow. 
I watched five movies. Jeez. And to celebrate my new milestone, I'd like to give you my reviews of those five movies I watched that day, using only five words for each. That's great. Not including the title themselves. Well, okay. Less great. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World mm. might be my favorite rom-com. That's a bold classification, but I like that. Yeah, that's good. It's a great movie. Shirkers. Lovely documentary about stolen art. I didn't like that one. That's my five words. Back to the Future. Ugh. Yes. Weird psychosexual overtones, otherwise perfect. Yeah, they're, so, they're pretty rapey. District 9. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to hear your five words on this. Aliens are a metaphor, man. <laughs> Did you ever watch um, Chappie? I have one more to go. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Before you derail this. I apologize. Yeah, it hasn't been derailed yet. Avatar. Do we need four sequels? I have a lot of questions about your thoughts on District 9 and Avatar, but I won't. I'll avoid those. Do you hate Avatar as much as I do? So, I never saw this in theaters. And I think that this was the ultimate see in a theater. Yeah, yeah it's nothing special. It's Pocahontas remade. Mm-hmm. But, like, what an amazing experience it would have been seeing it and hearing it yeah. in a large room. And if, if the time comes, if, if before these four Avatar sequels come out, if they re-release it in theaters, I'll, I may see it just so I can have had that experience. Yeah. But I watched it, and I'm like, this is like an hour too long. It is a terrible movie. Uh, we should have bet on when the Avatar sequel will actually come out. That would have been a better summer. That could be like a decade movie winter, actually. <laughs> it could be. It'll just keep getting pushed. Nathan, I've been reading uh, the Harry Potter books to my son, Aiden. We read about a chapter a night. We recently just finished my favorite of the Harry Potter series, uh, The Goblet of Fire, which is the fourth book. Uh, So we read the books, uh, and then we watch the movies. And let me say I nailed the voices in this book. Uh, But regardless, there's a lot of accents. There's foreign schools, you know, coming in. Uh, We went to watch the movie, and let me just say, fuck this movie. The... Liberties it takes with the plotline are astoundingly just <laughs> off base. They completely cut out entire storylines. I know you have to squeeze. It's a two and a half hour long movie. So, A, do better at matching the book. I just couldn't. I was seething. I was fuming with the differences that they ugh, thought were okay to include in this movie. I now realize why I only watched the first three movies again and again. I've read the books over and over again, but I only like the first three movies. And I'm assuming the fifth, sixth, and seventh movies, two of seven, are going to be just as shitty at matching up to the books as this fourth one is. And I am just so sad that so many people who haven't read these books only know this story by this movie because it does not do it justice at all. I am still angry about it. it. You should have seen me during this movie. I was just... And Aiden, my son, was doing the same thing the whole time. Like, wait a second. That's like, we would be the most annoying people to watch this movie with, (laughs) especially right after we've read these books. But I just could not believe how far off it was. It truly astounds me. I checked out a new game show on Fox called Ultimate Tag, Mm. which is, quote, a high-octane physical competition based on the classic playground game of chase, where everyday citizens, not professional athletes, vault dodge, tumble, and dive over various epic, three-dimensional moving courses mm-hmm. with one simple goal, don't get caught, unquote. Now, that's a description I found online, but it leaves out the one thing that makes this show so special, which is that it's not regular people playing tag against each other. 
It's regular people being chased by world-class tag players. Oh my god. These are the most agile human beings I've ever seen. Yeah. But not only that, each one of them is a character with some ridiculous persona and wardrobe, like The Flame, or Caveman, or The Geek. <laughs> and they have these pregame interviews where the characters talk smack to the contestants. It is like the absurdity of professional wrestling yes. mixed with the athleticism of American Ninja Warrior and like the chaotic energy of like a rugby match or something. It is a blast. And now that I'm done with my review, Kevin, tag, you're it. <laughs> I don't play games. Nathan, my number one recommendation during quarantine. Are you ready? Let's hear it. This is my last one. My number one recommendation during quarantine is to wear a fucking mask, you absolute doorknobs. Care about other people. That takes me very nicely into my final quarantine cookie. Mm -hmm. Kevin, I've wondered a lot about how we're going to collectively look back on the COVID era years down the road, particularly in the sense of the art that will be created to reflect this time. Mm -hmm. Like, will people want to watch movies that take place in 2020? Or is this just a period that we'll never want to return to mentally? I personally thought I would lean towards never wanting to think about any of this more than I have to, which is why I wasn't sure how to feel when I heard that this band I really like called Chromio had released mm. an EP called Quarantine Casanova, in which all of the songs are about quarantine itself in some way or another. Like, the first track is called Clorox Wipe, and the opening line is, if I could reincarnate tonight, I would be your Clorox Wipe, because I know in this climate, you might finally want me in your life. Oh my god. So right off the bat, they're being cute about it, right? And the next song is about loving someone from six feet away, but with each track, the lyrics become more serious, and the last couple songs are kind of somber reflections on the effects this all has on mental health, and when it finished, I was like... While this is my first time hearing sad songs about this particular sad time in my life, and I'm sure there will be many more of those to come over the years, but I found this really cathartic, which at first came as a surprise, but like, at the same time, what better way to deal with misery than listening to a song or watching a movie about the thing you're going through? You know, artists have the power of taking specific experiences and making them universal. And being yeah. quarantined is probably the most weirdly specific thing that everyone can now relate to. So mm -hmm. maybe songs like these will make us all feel a little less alone. And that is all the time we have for Quarantine Quickies, which means it's now time for us to dig in. Mm. And tonight, we'll be partaking in a side dish. Something we don't do often on I this think show. We, I think we got to ease back into it, so I'm glad it's not like a quadruple Baconator or something. I think it's fair to say that you and I, by far, have a favorite fast food restaurant over the course of all of our episodes. <laughs> yeah. Arby's has come out on top. 100%. They, <laughs> they got the meats. They have the meats. They do have the meats. And right now, they also have the sweet potatoes. Mm. Because we will be eating sweet potato waffle fries God. from Arby's. Let me uh, pull these out right now. These, I personally would say something about the waffle shape yeah. looks generally smaller than your average waffle fries. I smaller like that, holes. though. I like that, though. Because, and they seem thinner, too. I don't yes. like a, I like a thin, well-cooked waffle. Uh, there's a place where I normally get waffle fries. It's a wing place, mm -hmm. and they have great waffle fries. And you can check a box when you're ordering online that says, well done. And I always check well done for my waffle fries because I like them crispy, soft on the inside. These look to be the perfect structure for a waffle fry. Uh, I'm very intrigued about these. I'm done staring at these. All right. Let's grab some. Dive on in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get those sweet potato fries that are almost too soft, too sweet potato-y. I feel like they're almost mushy. Again, the thinness here. 
I like these. I like these. A I lot. think this is a really solid texture. I th- I just think maybe a little bit more salt. Yeah, it's a little bit. They forgot to salt these. But the the sweet potato flavor. I mean, this is this is good. It really comes no surprise that they're the king of meats. They're also basically the king of fries. I mean, their curly yeah. fries are just oh to die God. for. Astounding. I'm surprised it took them this long to do waffles. But sweet potato waffles, too. It's just so rare you see that combination. Yeah, it is rare. These are a treat. They, they are saying that this is a limited time offering at select locations. God, how lucky are we? It is now, and it is here. Yeah, and it's great, and we're, we're living in it. These are really good. I would, uh, if I was going out and getting fast food frequently, these would be top of the charts for, uh, for what I would be going to get. You get a good amount too. I don't know what size this is, uh, but this damn. is a this is a medium, pretty decent serving of fries. Hell yeah! God, they're just so thin and crispy too. This attention, all waffle fry suppliers, cut your fries thinner. Take a note out of Arby's book and do better. These are perfection. Maybe you can't get away with this thin of a cut with normal potatoes. Yeah, are they getting some mini yams for these? Oh. I still, the difference between yams and sweet potatoes is it's beyond me. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows. I'm very happy that Arby's can kind of usher us back into the fast food game. Yeah. I mean, beyond health concerns, kind of the big reason why you and I haven't been in any rush to do any fast foods is because none of these restaurants are putting out interesting fast foods. No. We're sticking to basics right now. There, no, there's no lots reason. of family platters, you know, like. Lots of bulk offerings yeah. that are new. Yep. But uh, as far as experimentation, I think they've all kind of pushed their calendars to yeah. 21 on that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you're going out and getting fast food and you are in one of these lucky limited locations, go get these fries because they are a nice surprise. And with that, you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, pretty much wherever else you find your podcasts. That is correct. And, uh, you know, if you like listening to us uh, talk about food and just make stuff up, uh, leave us a review on iTunes, preferably, or anywhere else uh, with as many stars as you think we deserve, um, which, you know, is up in the air. You can also follow us at Instagram or Facebook at Fast Food Film Friends, Twitter, FFFF Podcast, or email us at fastfoodfilmfriends at gmail.com. Let yep. us know what you want us to eat or watch next time. I would be very interested to get some emails in terms of A, when you think Tenet is actually going to be released, and B, what has been your go to comfort viewing item uh, during quarantine? What show have you been sticking to? Which movie have you rewatched time and time again? Which Harry Potter movie do you hate the most? It's the fourth one I know, but just write us an email and let us know. Uh, I would love if a listener beat all of us in our summer movie wager. Oh, man. If you can send us your submission, let's say by July 17th, which is the original release day of Tenet, yeah. and you beat all of us, we will watch the movie that you want <clears throat> us to watch. You will be the winner of the summer movie wager. It's going to be like a, a softcore Skinamax porno you realize somebody's going to make us watch. We will have to do it on air. All right. Sign us up for that. And until then... Farewell. Farewell.